Welcome to Theologically Speaking, a podcast of BJU Seminary. I'm Eric Newton, your host, and with me today is Dr. Leighton Taubert, who is a professor of theology and exposition at BJU Seminary. And uh, we're going to talk about a book that has uh, been very meaningful to him. Uh, It's been very helpful to me as well. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Dr. Talbert, thank you for being with me today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So uh, when I reached out and asked if you'd be interested in uh, doing uh, an episode, you responded very quickly uh, with this title, The Valley of Vision. So can you tell us a little bit about this book? Yeah, it's basically a collection of, I think the subtitle is a collection of Puritan prayers and devotions. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a book about prayer, it's actually a book of prayers. Uh, Arthur Bennett is the editor, and he has kind of structured these prayers in a way that makes them a little bit more approachable and prayable, in a sense. Um, but they're drawn from, there's, there's no authorship on any particular prayer. They're drawn, I suspect maybe sometimes they're mixed from different authors, but they're drawn from people like Richard Baxter and David Brainerd, John Bunyan, um, Charles Spurgeon, uh, Augustus Toplady, Isaac Watts, and some others. So uh, that's basically what the prayer is, uh, or excuse me, what the book is. Yeah. So it was first published, I think, in 1975. That sounds right. Um, and uh, these these prayers are um, categorized, right? Isn't there there's some general yeah, categories yeah. of the book? The table of contents basically divides them topically. Um, the first section is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's about, oh, I don't know, 25 prayers. Uh, redemption and reconciliation, needs and devotions, gifts of grace, holy aspirations. So there's, there's a number of different categories um, under which they're topically arranged. There, none of them is more than a page in length. Uh, so, so uh, some of our <clears throat> listeners were would be familiar with something like the Book of Common Prayer, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, written to actually direct people in in public worship, particularly. Uh, maybe uh, we've read books ab- about prayer, uh, but this, as you mentioned, is actually a book of collected prayers itself. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, when you first read this and why uh, it has been so significant for you. Well, my first actual exposure to the book was in a full-page ad in World Magazine Hmm. uh, that talked about the book, and the bulk of the ad was actually one of the prayers. And I read through the prayer, and I said, I just, I want to pray this. I want to pray through the language and the thought of this prayer. I tore the page out and um, actually used it in my devotions for a while, just praying through that prayer. And that's, that was my first exposure to the book. That's what caused me to, uh, to buy it and to start using it. Um, and one of the things, probably the one thing that I found most encouraging and that drew me to the book from the beginning was not the triumphs that are expressed in the prayers, but the defeats that are acknowledged in the prayers. And the, that, you know, it was just it was profoundly encouraging to peep to to hear that people like some of the names I just mentioned 
wrestled with the same frustrations and failures and defeats and sins that I wrestle with, and they're expressed in that prayer, and they're prayed through in those prayers, and they're they're um, they're they're put in their scriptural context. So it's not just you know I'm so defeated. It's here's the scriptural resolution to this. Here's the scriptural triumph over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they work through the same kinds of issues and problems that I found myself wrestling with in prayer. And that was a real a real draw to the book for me. Yeah. In fact, um, <clears throat> why don't I read a little bit of the very last part of that introductory prayer? Um, the, the book is entitled The Valley of Vision, and the introductory prayer is entitled The Valley of Vision. And uh, the last couple of uh, stanzas say, Lord, in the daytime, stars can be seen from deepest wells. And the deeper the wells, the brighter thy stars shine. Let me find thy light in my darkness, thy life in my death, thy joy in my sorrow, thy grace in my sin, thy riches in my poverty, thy glory in my valley, and that 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 stanza uh, comes flows right out of uh, his saying that he wants to learn the paradox of uh, the fact that the valley is actually the place of vision. That mm-hmm. probably captures sounds like some of what you appreciated in those initial readings of this book. Yeah, yeah very much. Now. Uh, somebody might be listening to this and unfamiliar with the Valley of Vision, and they're hearing us talk about a book of prayers, mm-hmm. and they're from a um, a very low church kind of tradition um, where extemporary prayer is, is all that we ever hear, all that we ever think of. And the idea of actually, uh, even in private, using a book where somebody else has actually written out the prayers uh, just doesn't really sit right. It, it doesn't doesn't seem right. Uh, can you share with us uh, from your personal experience the value of of this kind of book, actually using it devotionally, and why you've commended it to many students? Yeah, that yeah. way. Well, um, well, it is a. I do use it as a supplemental textbook in my prayer theology and practice. Uh, my my class on theology and practice of prayer. Um. And it is, I think, a little bit of a hurdle for some people to get over. But if you think of it not as I'm reading a liturgical prayer, but I'm, I'm learning from a brother in Christ by listening to them pray mm-hmm. and learning how to pray from the way that they prayed and learning how to make my prayers more spiritually mature in their, in their content, more scripturally informed in how I phrase things and what I pray for. Um, you know, so it's it's very different from something like a, the Book of Common Prayer. It's not, you know, you pray this every um, Whit Sunday or whatever. Right. You know, they, they you pray, you can go through the book and, and not pray some of them anytime if you don't like them or don't connect with them, or you can, you know, of course, use others multiple times. And... Um, I, th- I think that's the value of it is learning how to pray by listening to other godly men praying. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I view the book. I think that's the way it's it's actually intended to be to be used. Yeah. Now we're sitting here. We, we both have a copy of the of the book in front of us. 
Um, I have a, a leather-like uh, edition that uh, one of my very good friends uh, gave me for being in his wedding many years ago. You've got a, a paperback, if, if, I, if you don't mind my saying this, a plain paperback edition. But we were talking about this, and you say that's actually the edition you recommend. It is. Why is that? Because there, it's it's paper you can draw on. The leather version, the leather bound version, looks very uh, like a Bible. Uh, there's no margins. It's very thin paper. It's a beautiful volume. But I th- I think the value of this book is is being able not just to pray these prayers, but actually to personalize them. Mm. So the paperback, because it's paper that you can actually write on and it doesn't go through the page, because it's got very large margins, it lets you personalize, it lets you change wording, it lets you, you know, gives you room to expand on, here's a thought in this prayer, and my mind starts running, running along that line, and I, there are things that I want to expand on, um, and even things that I want to remember and be able to expand on in the future when I pray along those lines. So... It's the, the the paperback really lets you make it a prayer workbook, workbook. Mm-hmm. and it's I find it very very practical and helpful from that standpoint because it does let you personalize and modify. I don't necessarily agree with all the theological expressions. I, I don't. There is there you know are even kind of antiquated ways of saying things that I wouldn't say them that way. So those are things that you can change and modify and, and actually cor- not correct, but. Um, well, in some cases, correct, mm-hmm. uh, but but change in the margins on mm-hmm. the page itself for future for future use, present and future use. Yeah, and I think that speaks to the fact that you have used this uh, in a very practical way. Right. It's not just right. something that you really pick up and read cover to cover. Right. Um, but but you can use it, and and this is probably a a good time of year to be talking about these things as we think about. Uh, pursuing the Lord devotionally um, in 2021. So uh, we hope that uh, this conversation has been helpful to that end. Uh, This is a resource that if you're not familiar with it, we would encourage you um, to take a look at. Again, it's called uh, The Valley of Vision. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Theologically Speaking. We trust that in the coming days, God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ.